my bad. We got something going on here. <laughs> my bad. I got something going on here. What have I got going? My bad. Here we go. All right. And welcome, Hoosier fans, to another episode of Doing the Work, the first show on the Back Home Network covering IU women's basketball. I'm your host, Jeff Marlowe, and I'm also joined by our special guest today, Jared Morris from Assembly Call and Zion Brown from Inside the Hall. Today, we're discussing your Indiana Hoosiers heartbreaking 86-85 loss to the number six Iowa Hawkeyes in Iowa City. This drops the women's record to 26-2 and two overall, snaps a 14-game winning streak, and now finishing 16-2 and two in the conference. But you're outright Big Ten champions and the number one seed in the Big Ten tournament next week. But let's start this show the way we start every show, and that's with our banner moment. And I'm going to go to what I thought was going to be the winning moment. Mackenzie Holmes going to the free throw line with 1.5 seconds to go, hit two free throws, ice in her veins, you know, and, and just didn't work out that way for her because – the heroics of Caitlin Clark, as if we had to hear more about Caitlin Clark, was going to unfortunately did us in at the end. But I thought that Caitlin, or excuse me, I thought McKenzie's uh, free throws at the end were going to be the winning moment as well as the banner moment. And again, as our banner moment is sponsored by Homefield Apparel, Homefield is constantly releasing new schools or updating uh, their products for schools in their existing line. You are bound to find something for you or anyone in your life that loves great collegiate gear. They're always refreshing current schools or coming out with new ones. So whether you want only IU gear or other college teams or nothing associated with a team, Homefield probably has something for you. Not only do you get quality apparel, but you are supporting an Indiana-based business that has its roots in the Kelly School business. Go to homefieldapparel.com and use our promo code HOME, H-O-M-E, to get 15% off your entire first order. That's a promo code HOME for 15% off. Where once again the website is home field apparel, wear one for the team. All right, so we're going to go around the court here. We're going to swing it over to Jared for his musings about the game. You know, I mean, it was a fantastic basketball game, obviously. Two, you know, really high-level teams, uh, you know, with a lot of competitive fire, two teams playing really hard. And so I think just as a basketball fan, it was really fun to watch. Uh, as an Indiana fan, it was infuriating to watch because ESPN just loves to ruin every good thing about sports. Uh, you know, and look, Caitlin Clark is a really good player. I mean, she's a phenomenal talent. And watching her do things on the basketball court is really fun. I could do without some of the histrionics and some of the other stuff. And certainly the coverage makes her, um, you know, kind of annoying in that way. But that's a great shot to hit, you know, at the end of the game. And so I think, you know, we'll probably talk about how Indiana defended it and maybe what could have been done different. But you have to tip your cap to her. Um, you know, I think there's two things that really stand out to me about this game three things. One, Indiana's still the outright Big Ten champs. So let's not uh, let's not lose sight of that. It's a disappointing result, and I think a surprising result, because everybody who's watched this team all season long, I think, fully believed that they would find a way to win this game. And there they are with the lead with 1.5 seconds left, you know, put themselves in a position to do it. But, you know, I think falling behind early, you know, kind of, you know, Indiana dug themselves a little bit of a hole with that initial surge by Iowa, where I think, you know, they were up 13-2 to two or whatever it was. And Indiana was essentially 10 points better for the rest of the game. But, you know, sometimes when you don't come out right off the bat in an environment like this, you can dig yourself a hole and it kind of feels like you're playing catch up the rest of the game. And it's like you climb the mountain and you get that lead, just like Indiana got that lead right before halftime. And then, you know, Iowa gets it right back. And so it 
you know, it kind of felt like Iowa was in control for most of the game because they would push it out. But, you know, to Indiana's credit, they just kept coming back. And, you know, outside of the way the game started, like I don't look at this really as a game where, you know, there's any like glaring questions about Indiana or their readiness for the Big Ten tournament or anything. Honestly, I think Iowa shot better today. You know, Indiana got a lot of good looks from deep, went seven for 24, only 29%, you know, and Iowa goes 39% from deep. And I honestly think that was, you know, the big difference in the game um, is Indiana had some some shots from outside that they normally hit that they just weren't able to knock down, which sometimes is going to happen, you know, in an environment like that. Uh, and Iowa made them to their credit. So, you know, I don't walk away from this game feeling any less confident about this team's, you know, readiness for the Big Ten tournament or the NCAA tournament. Um, you know, it's just a, a, a tough loss to, you know, a really good team in Iowa uh, that was just able to make one more play at the end of the game. Yeah, and, and even in an otherwise scenario where this game was going to be – still had some bearing on conference standings, we knew this was going to be a tough environment to play in. And kudos to Coach Morin and the players because they just kept battling back. It would have been easy for them at some point, I think, to simply when it got to seven, eight points to be like, eh, you know, not our day. We'll just kind of let it roll from here. But they kept battling back, battling back. And like we said, had a chance to win it. So let's swing it around to Zion and let's bring Zion in. Welcome, Zion, to doing the work for the first time. Zion coming in from inside the hall. But Zion, what do you think about the game today? Yeah, well, first of all, just thank you for having me on. And like Jared said, I think the shooting difference made a big difference. Uh, and I just was off on a lot of these shots. Sydney Parrish and Chloe Moore McNeil were really the only ones that were able to get their three-point shots going. You saw Sarah Scalia and and, and, and Yardin Garzone kind of try, and they were never able to fully catch a rhythm. So that was a big part of this game that I think if it's at IU, which we saw a few weeks ago, or even in a neutral site, which me and Jared were talking before we went live, we could see in, in a week. You know, I think that's a little bit different. And so that, to me, played a huge part in this game. But then also looking at it, closing quarters is what killed IU ultimately in this game. Caitlin Clark hit a shot or a free throw with under five seconds left at the end of all four quarters. That kind of just gave Iowa a little more momentum going into the next quarter. And then, of course, the end of the game all zeros on the clock, she hits the buzzer beating three. So she had nine of her 34 points came at the end of, of the four quarters. That was a big thing for me that stood out, that Indiana could not just get that one stop at any point of the game when they needed to, to shut Clark down and kind of keep that momentum. They let, they let her get going and get a shot right as the buzzer sounded or right as the buzzer was about to sound in each quarter. Yeah, that, those, that's excellent point there, Zion, because that's something we used to talk about with our program quite a bit, What you know, kind of how you ended quarters. You know, you always wanted to try and be in a positive aspect with that, and, and obviously today Iowa was. I, I want to go back real quick, Jared. I'll kind of swing it to you first. But just talk about, though, you mentioned it in your, in your opening, just the team's mental toughness because they just kept, like we've already said, they kept battling back, but you never really saw them get – you know, like anything got under their skin, you, their facial expressions never changed. They just kept, you know, it was like, you know, Terry Moore says, do the work. But just give me up with your thoughts about watching the team today on the road, tough environment, and how they just kind of kept battling it all through the game. They're just unflappable. And they just have such a, you know, a confidence in themselves and a confidence in each other um, that is really special. You know, you don't see that often with teams. And when you have it, uh, it's so noticeable, you know, and, and that's what I saw is every time they got down, you know, there was a, 
uh, I think it might have been in the fourth quarter, or it was sometime in the second half. You know, and Sidney Parrish, who I thought just really made so many big plays at big moments for Indiana, and she had the one really bad pass where she tried to throw it cross court. You know, Iowa steals it. They go down on the other end, but then she came right back down and made a three pointer. You know, it's a lot of it's a lot like what we see from from Jalen Hutchinson, right, and on the men's side in the Illinois game, where he you know makes a bad pass and he just it's like it doesn't bother him. And it's like the women are just a team full of that. Um, I think uh, who, uh, Chloe had a play like that, too, where she made a mistake on defense. I think it was 76-70. And she just comes right down and drives in the lane and makes a bucket to make it 76-72. You know? And so that's the thing with this team. And that's why it's so easy to believe in them and have confidence in them because you know, they, just, they don't get rattled. And you know, it's almost like if they make a mistake, they're more motivated to make a play and more confident that they're going uh, to you know to make the play. Um, so you know, I, I thought you know again they you know they missed some shots. You know, they had maybe a few uncharacteristic turnovers, although they only turned the ball over eight times. You know, and I think defensively they were leakier today than normal. You know, and we can and we can talk about that. Um, and I was going to do that to you some because they have some really good uh, you know defensive players. But like Zion said. At really key moments, they just weren't able to get the stops. Some of that was Iowa has really talented players that made big plays uh, in the moment. You know, some of that was, you know, as we all know, there's officiating on both sides in a women's game that is going to make you tear your hair out. And so that was certainly part of it, too. Um, but I think probably, you know, when they watch this game and they try to look at, OK, what can we learn from this to get better going into the tournament? Um, it just felt like there were a few defensive possessions where they were disconnected. You know, they showed a highlight of the one play um, where really, and you guys will know this, you know, better because, you know, Coach Marlowe, I know I mean, you've analyzed every second of this team this year, but it really looked like Grace got caught, you know, trying to help in the lane. And, you know, I was able to just swing it over for a wide open three point shot. And it seemed like she was maybe, you know, a step and a half, you know, too far into the lane that she didn't need to be there. And you saw that a lot where Iowa was then able to swing the ball back around on the other side and get threes. So it just it felt like the attention to detail defensively wasn't quite there. But, you know, when plays needed to be made and you get down and I was going on a little bit of a run. There's that mental toughness there that it's just you knew Iowa was going to never run away with the game, you know, and unfortunately, just some of that attention to detail defensively, you know, as as Zion said, especially late in quarters, really, I think just caught up with them. It was just, you know, a little bit too much to overcome. But all that said, it still took a crazy last second shot to beat them. So, you know, it's this is a great team, a great team, one of the best Indiana basketball teams I've ever watched. Um, And, you know, today doesn't change that. But I think it does probably give them a few things to kind of work on, and maybe it refocuses them. Not, not that they weren't focused, but, you know, when you've been winning, you've been winning, you've been winning, now you take a loss, you know, maybe there's something there that Terry Morin can use to even squeeze a little bit more focus, you know, out of them. And goodness gracious, if they, get, if they can become even a little bit more focused, they'll be even more ready for tournament play. And Zion, I want to throw it over to you for a, kind of a question today. Uh, last four and a half seconds, I really expected kind of Grace Burger time. And, and to a certain degree, it was because Grace was the inbounder. But were you a little surprised, not that Mac wasn't going to make a good play, but I was a little surprised they maybe didn't try and get it to Grace and go downhill a little bit. But again, hard to argue with the play they got. But uh, also, I want to ask you what you thought on that last play with Caitlin Clark. Thought Chloe kind of got caught up on the screen. Were you a little surprised there maybe that she did, that they didn't uh, flat out just double Caitlin Clark? wherever she went on that on that screen on that action coming out of the timeout yeah so I'll start with when Indiana got the ball like you said they threw it in 
to McKenzie Holmes. And I expected it to be a, a, a burger Holmes pick and roll rather than what they did. But I do understand the, the logic behind that. I think it's – you can kind of catch a team off guard if you just throw it straight into the post on an inbound versus if you inbound the ball, then you kind of have home setting up. So she got pretty good positioning, which is why Sonano ended up fouling on that play. Now, she she traveled. I, I'm going to say that. That should have been called for a travel, and it wasn't on McKenzie Holmes. But but it was definitely a, a foul on Sonano if you're not going to call a travel. So I understood why they did that, and it, it ended up in two IU points. On the other end, that play is going to be controversial as far as how Indiana guarded it. And what happened was, I'm not sure if you either of you guys kept the TV on long enough to to hear Clark talk about the play uh, with Holly Rowe after the game courtside. But basically, Clark made a good point. The point I was going to make is that if that ball wasn't going to Clark, they're looping it into the paint to Sonana, who who's cutting in. So that's why Indiana didn't have two on Clark on that play. If you look at the play, Yard and Zone was just kind of standing in the lane waiting for a potential pass that was going to try to go over her head. And so that's what freed up Caitlin Clark off those screens. And, and Jeff, you nailed it. She, uh, Chloe Moore McNeil got caught up on those screens. I thought, I thought McKenzie Holmes should have helped off. She was, she was guarding the screener Sonano. I thought McKenzie Holmes should have helped up and kind of got into the face. Even if she got right back to Sonano, if she could have just for half a second kind of just showed herself in front of Caitlin Clark, instead of what happened where Clark just caught the ball and all she saw was the basket. You know, I think that that small that small play where Holmes just kind of stays stationary and is sticking to Sonano made all the difference to me on that last buzzer beating shot. And then, of course, it's still just a tremendous shot. It was fading away, leaning away for, for Clark. But she said it. She practices that shot. They practice that play. And and she said, we know that teams are going to have to make a decision to either trap me or 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 protect the paint on that play. And IU chose to protect the paint and, and Clark made the play. Yeah, and what it reminded me of a little bit, I'm, I'll show my age here a little bit, and it really kind of even more of the gut punch. It reminded me of the old Reggie Miller play against the Bulls. Yeah, back in the that, is, that is a great that, – that's what it is. You're right. That's the, <laughs> I know, I've seen that play. That is that play. You're right. Except, you know, but, you know, so, yeah, and I'm not, you know, again, when we're 26 and two, I know we're probably sound like we're nitpicking here, but those were probably, yeah, that was probably, you know, obviously at the end of a game like that, that's the one everybody focuses on. But um, so let's move on and let's go into what we call on here on the, on the doing the work as the, as expected. And in a lot of times, these are the things that we just come, you know, things that you've come to expect from this team. And I'll start it out with Jared first, because, and just, you know, things that you saw today that you're like, yep, that's IU women's basketball. Well, you know, some of it is what I already said, which is, you know, whenever the other team makes a run or seems like they might seize control of the game, this team always makes plays. Um, And so, you know, I thought, you know, to me, what I really liked to see is, you know, there was a stretch there where Indiana was taking a lot of threes and missing them, you know, in the second half. And they really... Uh, I think it was there toward the end of the third quarter is that it was almost like they just said enough of this. Let's attack the basket, you know, and Grace got in the lane and scored. I think Sidney Parrish had a great drive and scored. They started getting the ball to McKenzie Holmes. And so, you know, to me, what's as expected is, you know, while Iowa is so dominant really with two players and they had a couple other people step up, what we saw again today from Indiana is the balance scoring. You know, and again, you know, if if Yarden's able to make some of the threes that she typically makes, if Sarah's able to make some of those shots, that scoring is even more balanced. 
Um, but I thought that's what, you know, that's what makes Indiana so hard to guard is Chloe can step out and make a three and Chloe can take you to the basket. You know, Grace is just absolutely money from the mid range, but she also makes some of the best pocket passes that you're ever going to see, you know, on those, on those pick and rolls with McKenzie. And so, you know, that's the thing to me is just offensively, this team has so many different ways to beat you. And unfortunately, you know, one of those ways that has been reliable this year, which is the three point shooting, you know, kind of went away from them uh, a little bit today. But, you know, everything else was there and they were able to make adjustments. And I think to Iowa's credit, you know, they came out, I think, at the start of the fourth quarter playing zone, which, you know, kind of made Indiana go away a little bit from what they had been doing and they had to adjust back. So I thought some of the coaching, you know, back and forth um, was really interesting to watch. But, you know, this team it has a chance to go far in the NCAA tournament because they have so much scoring balance and they have different ways to beat you based on what the game calls for. Um, and again, you know, for... 39 minutes, you know, and 58.5 seconds, they did everything to earn another one of those wins. Um, so, you know, just offensively, um, it's, it's just such a versatile team. Um, and they're always going to, you know, always going to have that to lean on um, as they go forward. Zion, we'll throw it over to you. What do you kind of just the expect, you know, what do you see today that you're just like, yep, that's, that's the IU women's basketball team. Uh, I got to go with Mackenzie Holmes for my as expected. I mean, they threw all those different looks at her like Jared just talked about, and she still finishes with 21 points on 8 of 10 shooting. It, it was just almost like easy for her against this Iowa defense. She did have four turnovers, which part of those were because of that that trap and all those different looks they threw at her. But overall, she was still able to get to her spots and score when she needed to. She passed at the right times, and sometimes it led to points. Sometimes Indiana just couldn't make the shots. But Mackenzie Holmes playing the way she did today – and the way she has now for multiple years at this point, that's the as expected. She was really phenomenal offensively in this game. It wasn't it wasn't loud as it, it, sometimes it is. It's usually louder than it was as far as just her dominating time after time. But when she got the ball and she realized she had a scoring opportunity, she took it and she did not let the team down. Let me ask you guys, because the one thing that I was thinking watching the game is – can we get it to her more? I mean, she's such a good player, and she only took 10 shots. I mean, she was fourth on the team in shots. And, look, Iowa's got a great defender on her, and they tried to do a lot of things to you know, to not let her get the ball. But I, it felt to me at times like Indiana wasn't quite insistent enough on getting her involved in certain possessions. I'm, just, I'm curious if you guys had the same feeling or if you just thought that was Indiana doing a nice job of taking what the defense was giving them based on how Iowa was guarding them. Zion, I'll let you take that one first. Uh, I'll start. I'll say uh, I say sometimes they can get a tour more. There there were a few possessions where I felt like they would race up the court. She would post early and they didn't find her in time. And then and then Iowa would set up their defense and the whole play would kind of change. So I think the the pace was a big thing. Iowa plays with in, insane pace, one of the fastest teams in the country. And and Indiana responded to that. But at times I thought they could have got her more quick looks. But in general, the thing about Mackenzie Holmes, I think they know that she's not going to force the shots. So they'd rather try to get her quick looks. And if, if not, then they like to set up a pick and roll or, or something else for somebody else. So uh, she should probably shoot more than 10, I'd say. But I don't know if there were too many more opportunities throughout the game for her to get for her to get looks off. I thought a lot of it came in the first half, Jared, where and that was a really good point that I was going to talk about a little bit later as well. But it was just like they, they came with a really hard double early as soon as McKenzie caught in that first half. And I'm not sure they – they were ready for that. And I know we prepare and I, I give props to coach Moore, but 
we just looked like we struggled to get it out of the double team. McKenzie was a little slow making decisions. She either needed to make a quicker move or pass it quicker out of the double team. So I think that threw them off through a big part of the first half. I thought they made a nice adjustment going into the second half where I thought they were a little better at getting McKenzie the ball. As we said, she had 10, you know, she only ended up with 10 shots, but she also got to the line for six free throws. So, and that was going to be my expected. I, I really felt again, that that's the one thing I've come to really expect from this program is coach Morn and the staff makes really good adjustments at halftime. And I thought they did again today. Now we're going to talk about in the next segment, because I think they just really struggled on the defensive end. And that's one thing I'll come back to in the next segment, because they, as Jared mentioned earlier, we just never really got on the same page. And a lot of that is Iowa. A lot of that's Caitlin Clark. A lot of that is, is, um, uh, uh, Warnock and Martin and, and Marshall who were able to knock down threes, but we just really seemed at times not sure what we were doing in terms of who to match up with or where we were supposed to be in the help. And so that was one of those that, that we just never could seem to get quite adjusted on that. But I thought offensively we made some really nice adjustments. And I thought Iowa going zone might have been the best thing to help us because I thought it allowed us to maybe you know get a little better look in terms of what they, they were doing. I think we had a little bit of, you know, at times we were really struggling to figure out what they were doing in their man-to-man, and, and and we were able to kind of get settled in there. So I, I made that comment to a friend of mine on our text message. I'm like, best thing that happened to our offense was them went zone. But uh, we'll go from, you know, and so that was, I just, again, felt like the, the adjustments they made, especially on the offensive end today, were really good. So let's go on to the next segment then, and may, we may all have kind of the same thing. But Zion, I'll throw it to you here first. Any surpri- surprises today about this team? And again, when you're 26 and two, they're you know maybe nitpicking, but with something today that you're like, wow, that just wasn't normal. Yeah, I think we might all end up with the same thing. It, it has to be the shooting, specifically from Garzon and from Sarah Skaya. Those two combining from beyond the arc to go two of ten on on their three point shots. It's not something you see from them every day. They had good looks as well. Both of them did, and and they just could not knock them down. Once again, I don't I don't foresee that being an issue with this team. They've shot so well all season long, and and Garzone is one of the best shooters in the entire country right now, percentage-wise, and she just wasn't able to get them to fall. So the lack of three-point shooting that went down tonight for for Indiana, that is a big surprise to me. Jared? Yeah, you know, I'll add to that. And this is going to be unfair because this is essentially holding one of the all-time greats to almost an unfair standard. But I was surprised that Grace – had that turnover late and missed that shot because <laughs> I just, you know, I've just come to expect her to always come through, you know? And so again, I mean, this is almost just praising her for how wonderful of a player she is by saying that this was surprising, you know, she only had one turnover, um, you know, but, you know, kind of had that play where she was trying to drive baseline and just lost the ball. I mean, you could see, I mean, she slammed the ground afterwards. She was frustrated with herself. And then, you know, she and Caitlin Clark kind of had that back and forth where Clark had one rim out. She had one rim out. Um, but I just, I just, I always think she's going to make a play in a big spot, you know? And so to see her just come up a little short on those possessions, which I can guarantee you wherever she's at right now, she's, you know, probably kicking herself and going through those plays in her mind. Cause that's the kind of competitor she is. Um, you know, I, uh, that's really it. I mean, I think, you know, that's, that's really the only surprise. And again, all of that stuff happened and Indiana still led by two with 1.5 seconds left. So it's one of those things like, you know, we can analyze it and you can nitpick some of those things, 
But in most cases, you know, when you don't have just a remarkable player like Clark on the other side who can make a shot like this, we're walking away with a two-point win, talking about this team's grit and how they were able to win, how they were able to overcome some of the shooting woes and overcome all these mistakes. And so it, you know, one shot kind of colors the entire view of all these plays. But, you know, when you lose, then you start thinking about every single possession that could have gone differently where, hey, maybe if you're up four instead of two, then that shot can't even go in. And that's it to me, you know, just because I just, you know, Grace has just put herself into that rarefied air where you're shocked when she doesn't make the play late in the game. Um, you know, and there were a couple there that I'm sure she'd like to have back. Yeah, I'm going to go back to the defense a little bit here. Just the fact that it's just surprising that they really struggle. And again, Iowa, very good offensive team, but just really struggled at times to make adjustments. So I, I felt like when Clark got going downhill, I really felt like they needed to try and maybe force her back to her left hand. I mean, I know that's a that she may still be able to do the same thing, but she got to that point where she had like four or five straight possessions where she drove with that right hand, and either got a bucket for herself or a dish off for somebody else, like Sonano to get a bucket at the rim or a kick out for a three. And I would have just liked to have seen us force her back to the left. Uh, and see if we got something going that way. But that, that just was a defensively, we just, we allowed them. I shouldn't say allowed them. Was they, again, good team, 51% from 52% from the field for Iowa today. And this is a team that prides itself on defensively, not allowing teams to shoot that well from the field. So I, I again, defensively, uh, I thought that was a big part of the, the surprise for me. Now, defense uh, rebound, rebounding wise, we held them to three offensive rebounds. So we actually won the battle on the glass which would have been a concern of mine going in. But I just – just one of those where I just think you go back every possession defensively, I'm thinking about what we could have done a little differently. Could How could we have gotten out a little quicker? And you talk about Grace's shot. That thing was down. I don't know no. how that thing didn't go in. So, But that was my hey, let surprise. me ask you guys this. Let me ask you guys this. Are you surprised that Indiana did not have Mackenzie Holmes miss the second free throw? Um yeah. – because I, if, I, if she misses it, you know, now Iowa – and I guess part of that is probably going to be, you know, how much time is on the clock, you know, because originally it was point eight, then they put – they made it 1.5. What would you have done in that case? What would you have done in that case? Um, yeah, I, I understand why we just have her make both because then because then a, a two can't be in that scenario. But what ended up happening was was they made both in a in a three in that case. But if you if you, even if you miss the second one, I will rebound and, and probably call a timeout still with about one or one point one left on the clock. So it wouldn't have made much of a difference. I don't think I think Clark still gets that shot off in time for three. So I, I think you just make that free throw and, and trust your defense. Yeah, I think yeah, I, I think I agree with of, you. Yeah, I, I I agree with Zion, and I'm not a fan uh, of missing. Fan. I'm not a fan of missing at any point. I mean, it'd been different. They'd been out of timeouts, but when you've got a, a timeout and in the women's game where you can advance it, I, I just don't yeah. like missing there. You know, from that standpoint. But I know I that I already saw that kind of that discussion on Twitter. Mm -hmm. I think there was some discussion of that in the workaholics here about the uh, about the strategy. I'm just not a fan of missing on purpose in that situation. Now in the men's game where you would have still had to right, go 84 right. feet. Yeah. Miss. I'd miss it because now you got to try and do something length of the floor, but that that's a different to me, the strategy. And, and, and that's one of those that for people who haven't watched a lot of the women's game, that's where the strategy really does get different from the men's game because the ability to advance the ball on the timeout after in that four, in that last minute of the, of the game there. And, and I think that really helps that from a standpoint, it bit us today. 
But I like the fact that, that you can do that. I'm a big fan of that in the coaching business. And I wish the men would finally follow through on that as well. Um, so, and in, you guys have anything else, you know, surprises I want to talk about here that, or we'll move on and talk about the numbers. I mean, I'm just surprised they lost, <laughs> you know, I mean, like <laughs> ultimately, I mean, the way this team has played and, you know, I think it's, it's interesting because on the one hand, you know, as I said earlier, okay, so you lose this game, you know, you've been on this winning streak, you've been on this winning streak. Now you lose this game. You know, does that give you a chance to kind of refocus or, you know, give the coaching staff some different kind of ammunition to use as you go into the tournament? And I guess as I've thought about that since I said it, you know, maybe you would make that argument if this is a team that had kind of been struggling and just kind of eking by with wins and not really playing well. But this team's been playing really well. And so I'm not I'm actually not sure that I buy the argument that I made earlier um, that it can be twisted into a positive, because at the end of the day, you know, what you don't want to have happen now for a team that has won so many games is for any little bit of doubt to creep in. Right. And there shouldn't be doubt because they played well enough to win this game. They just got beaten, you know, by a last second shot. Um, and so, but I'm not too worried about that because I think this team has shown enough just mental toughness. You know, they're, they're so skilled and they can do so many things, um, you know, that I don't think it, I, I don't think it's going to, you know, harm them. I just think, look, at the end of the day, it's a loss. I think they'll put it behind them and just move on. I don't think there's really any need to any real reasonable way to spin it positively or negatively. You know, it's just a loss, but this team has shown us enough mental toughness that I think they'll just be able to power right through it. Um, and come out and continue playing the same way they've been playing in the Big Ten tournament. Yeah, Bob Knight was one that always said there wasn't much to be gained from a loss. He never felt that. You know, people would always say, oh, you could get something from a loss. Bob Knight never felt that way. And I, I, will, I hate to disagree with an all-time great, if not the greatest coach of all time in the sport, but I, I, I do think there's some times you can – I think the learning thing today will be how you cover that last play. If you get in that situation again, yes. how do you cover that last play? I think that will be – possibly the learning moment so let's move on inside the numbers and jared i know you're a little bit on limit on time i'll let you go first were there any numbers that jumped out to you you've mentioned a couple already but anything else well i mean i think the free throw shooting is impressive 16 of 17 and mac hits those two at the end you know so i mean you know this wasn't i mean indiana didn't they didn't make their threes but it wasn't a case of them just kind of coming in and not being mentally ready for the game because if that was the case they wouldn't have made 16 of 17 from the free throw line you know, and you know, we talk about this a lot on the assembly call because I always go back to, you know, my high school basketball coach who used to tell me and my game was all about shooting He's like there's a difference between shooting well and playing well. You know, you can play really well and you just miss shots that day and it happens. And so, you know, when I look at those two numbers, seven of 24 from three, but 16 of 17 from the free throw line, that's what tells me this was just a day when and, and having watched the game and seeing the quality of the looks they were getting. It was just kind of a day where some of those outside shots that normally fall don't fall. And, you know, the more three-pointers that you take, the more variance that you, you know, kind of add into the game, and you're going to have some of those, especially in road environments. Um, so uh, I look at that free throw number, and it helps me not be concerned about the three-point number while just kind of explaining, you know, what, what ultimately I thought was the difference. You know, Iowa makes that big three late in the game, and Indiana missed too many opportunities throughout the game to make those. But I think that's just that's just basketball, you know, and you're going to have days like that uh, throughout the course of a 30 plus game season. So but this team came ready to play and they came ready to win. It just, you know, they got outshot by one at the end. So Zion, any numbers that jump out to you? 
Yeah, I'll go back to the rebound and just the fact that Iowa only had three offensive rebounds and they were able to keep Sonano off the glass, off the offensive glass. She only had two of those three offensive rebounds. You look at Yarn Garzon, who I've mentioned several times, did not shoot well, but she got 14 boards, meaning she was coming over and helping out on the boards with McKenzie Holmes. McKenzie Holmes, I think, had had six rebounds herself. So I look at Garzon getting those 14 boards. We talked about the balance scoring. They've, they've got four players that had four or more rebounds. There's a balanced rebounding effort as well by Indiana because as explosive as this Iowa offense is, you cannot let them get second opportunities. And even without many second opportunities, they still dropped 86. So the fact that Indiana was able to keep them off the glass was, a, was an impressive feat to me. Coach, I have one more, and I hope I don't steal. I don't want to steal the number that you might have like, like last night. Um but I think, you know, there's a couple here, uh, and I think they're linked together. You know, one is points off turnovers. Again, Indiana only had eight turnovers, but Iowa turned them into 15 points. So they capitalized on those, and they won fast break points 18 to 7. Now, you would somewhat expect that because, as Iona said, you know, Iowa plays faster, they push the pace. But I thought, you know, some of the defensive miscommunications that we've talked about, um, a, a lot of that I thought happened in transition. I didn't think we did a very good job today of locating shooters uh, in transition. Um, and that, you know, led to a few open threes that Iowa was able to make. Um, and so, uh, you know, that, that gap there in the transition and the fast break points, which you would expect somewhat, I thought some of that was preventable if Indiana had just played better transition defense. Yeah, and I want to go back to kind of your comment about the fact that they competed all day long, and, and also Zion's number about the, about the rebounding. We won the rebound. If you're not competing, you're getting pounded by Iowa on the glass because they are a good – they're a physical team. They only had uh, eight turnovers, you know, as well. We only had eight turnovers. In a game where you're not competing, a game where you're lackadaisical, you're turning it over 15, 17, 20 times. We didn't do that. It just ended up being one of those games – that we had the, the numbers in some cases were maybe in favor of us or we were even there. And the game's even. We just got beat on a shot by a really good player who, again, we can have the discussion about whether or not you miss a free throw or whether you should have done something differently on the, on the play that Clark caught the ball and, and scored. But for 39 minutes and or realistically 40 minutes, this team battled. It competed. It didn't, it didn't get run out of a very hostile environment. Uh, Kathy was at the game. She was texting with us a little bit in the chat that, or in the text message group that it was really, really loud and kind of maybe the loudest place she had been at least in a long time. And so, and, and I just, they competed and that's what you want to see in a situation like that. And it really, in my opinion, bodes well for us to go deeper as we go deeper into the tournament, because there's going to be games like this. You're going to have a tough game in the sweet 16, the elite eight, you know, hopefully a final four matchup. And how, you know, hopefully we, we, we respond in the same way we did today by competing, but just make a couple more plays. That difference between winning and losing is really small. But in today, it just happened to be Iowa on the other side of that advantage, not us. It's also interesting, you know, Indiana fans have watched two just outstanding basketball games in the last two days. Yesterday, Purdue out-rebounded Indiana by 17. Today, Indiana out-rebounded Iowa by 8. The team that won the rebounding battle lost both times. And it's a good reminder that rebounding margin is probably one of the most overrated stats in basketball. It doesn't often tell you the story that you think it's going. It's telling you. Now, that doesn't mean that rebounding isn't important. Rebounding is important, but you can't always look just at the rebounding margin and think that that's going to be predictive of the actual result. And these last two games have been a really good reminder of that reality. 
Yeah, so let's move on here real quick while we got Jared with us, and we'll uh, we'll go on to get ready for our game ball. I love all the musical touches. <laughs> we'll try the music from Bob Thompson. We want to thank him for all that as well. So, all right, so let's move on into the game ball here, and the game ball right now has kind of been the Mackenzie Holmes Award here, which she leads us with fifteen. So. But let's go around the horn. Jared, I'll, go, I'll start with you, and then we'll go Zion, and then we'll go the reverse order on the Hustle Award. Oh, man, I was really kind of debating a few things. Um, you know, I think, ultimately I've got, I, think, I think ultimately I've got to give it to Mackenzie Holmes. Um, you know, she led Indiana in scoring. You know, again, she was remarkably efficient. Uh, I thought played, you know, very good defense down low. You know, I really thought – we haven't talked a lot about the officiating, which I think is fine because Indiana got some calls and Iowa got some calls – the place where it stood out to me that I thought the game was really not officiated well was in the post, where I thought it was really inconsistent on the two sides. I thought uh, Cezano got away with a lot of using her off arm to push off, um, you know, and some fouls that went on Mackenzie Holmes. That you look at it, and it's like, how is that a foul on her? Um, and so I thought she was able to battle through that, not let it affect her, you know, to lead Indiana in scoring. And then to make those two free throws, I mean, those are – tough free throws you know pressure filled free throws in a tough environment um you know and she's just been terrific all season long uh and was great again today you know and I, you know my only wish is that you know maybe she could have gotten you know a few more looks um because i mean there's there's nothing more efficient uh in you know in women's college basketball basically than a Mackenzie Holmes post touch um so if indiana could have found a way to get her a few more you know maybe they have a bigger lead there at the end but uh, she was tremendous, showed a lot of mental toughness, um, and so she gets my game ball. Zion, will throw it over to you. Yeah, I think I'll give my game ball to Grace Berger. And the reason I say that, her final stat line, 16 points and 8 assists. But to me, I say this because she made the shots in the first quarter that kept Indiana from getting blown out. There were multiple yeah. times in that first quarter where where Iowa makes a three or makes a shot, and I'm just in there like, uh-oh, this – you know, the crowd's into it. Like, this can get ugly really quickly. And, and Berger came down a couple of times and made shots that Indiana really needed in that first quarter of play. So I'm going to give mine to Grace Berger. She had six points in that first quarter, 10 points in the first half. And once again, she finished with 16 and eight. She, without her, this game would have gotten ugly quick. It would have been a, a, probably a 15 point lead for Iowa after the first quarter of play. And it wasn't that because she made shots. She kind of settled the rest of the team down. There was a moment on the broadcast where Rebecca Lobo, where I think it was in the second quarter where Indiana was giving up a run and Rebecca Lobo was like, they need Grace Berger back in the game immediately. And Grace Berger came back in the game and they get to halftime and they're only down by one. So it just felt like time after time, Grace Berger settled the team down when they needed it. And they, they were, they were in position to win up until the last second. Good point. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to go with Grace Berger here as well, just because I felt like that, that she was doing Grace Berger things, all the things. And again, I know we point out that the surprise that she turned it over and missed a shot, but but she was doing Grace Berger things. And especially, you know, like Zion said, and, and, and as Jared said earlier, you know, she, she's one of the best pocket passers you've seen in a long time, whether man, male or female. Just does a wonderful job with the pocket pass. And I thought she was doing that again today. She got to her spots there in the second half as well. I thought Zion, especially even in the third quarter, when Iowa started to make a little move there after the halftime, she got down and got into the post and, and was able to move and get a couple shots that went in for – um, as well. So I'm going to go with Grace Berger here, but again, we could have had about two or three people we could have talked about here in terms of the game ball, but we're going to give uh, Grace Berger the game ball here for her performance at Iowa and also 
uh, four rebounds. I was also going to point out she did have four rebounds, so she was she was being active on the glass. Let's move oh, you got, around hey, wait, here. Wait, you, you guys want to hear my nil idea? Here's my nil idea for the off season: pay per view, Grace Berger versus Jalen Hutchifino, game of horse, only mid range shots. It would take forever to finish. Is, is, this, who, paying, is this paying for Jalen to come back next year? Is that how they're, they're going to yeah. fund it? Or just give him yeah. some money out the door on his way on his way to the NBA? But who you got? Who who would your money be on in in that? Because I think I'm going well, with Grace. I love Fino, I, I'm, but I think I'm going with Grace. I'm going with, I'm going with Grace since I'm on the doing the work show. I'm going to go with Grace here. And since I hosted the you know co-hosted the Grace Burger Show, I better go with Grace. There, so, you know, it's they're but, incredible players. I mean, I, I really it's one of those things like really cherish watching the two of them play basketball because we're not, I mean, you know, we may get someone like them in the future, but they play such unique games in the modern style of college basketball with where their bread and butter is as scores, you know, and they really, you know, especially a lot of us who are, you know, want to see, you know, maybe, you know, Indiana, uh, you know, kind of focus their offense, you know, in a little bit of a different way that's kind of more three-point focused and all this stuff. And I think there's obviously valid arguments for that. But you have to set that aside when you have two players like them that are so good at the mid-range. And it's a real skill because those are the shots that modern defenses give up. And so it's really, it's just so much fun to watch them play. It's an old school style, but they're so good at it. Um, you know, and who knows? I mean, it may be a while before we have, you know, one, let alone two players who are so proficient on those shots. Yeah, so let's move on to the Hustle Award here. And I totally agree with you, Jared, that, that that's kind of the lost art of the game. But let's go on to the Hustle Award here. And Zion, we'll let you go first on the Hustle Award. Yeah, I have a feeling we might all three say this player. Maybe not, but I'm going to go with Sydney Parrish. Uh, once again, similar to Grace almost, where she hit those shots that were needed. But she's made the plays on both ends that, that were necessary. And her her energy has changed this team so much. This team, this team has been good for a few years, but I honestly feel like She's added something else or I guess maybe even picked up kind of the type of energy uh, Nicole Cardano Hillary left off from this program. We're just like, you need that, you know, like pit bull type of player that just that just loves just loves to hustle and just loves to get down on the ground and make plays. She also made multiple threes that came up big for IU today. So I'm giving mine to Cindy Paris today. She had herself quite the game, especially in the second half. She was she was it felt like she was everywhere in the second half making plays. Jared? Yeah, Sydney is definitely a great choice. She was my first instinct. Um, you know, I think you can make a case for Grace. I think you can make a case for Yarden with the work that she did on the glass. But I'm giving mine to Chloe, uh, who had the unenviable task of having to chase Caitlin Clark around for a lot of the day. Uh, you know, and got into some uncharacteristic foul trouble. Um, but I thought really played played really well defensively the last few minutes when she was in foul trouble. When she came back in after those four fouls, I thought she did a really good job um, of just not letting Caitlin Clark get anything easy. And I know, you know, she was able to get that last shot. Um, but having that task on defense, but then also, you know, the role that she plays offensively, where sometimes she's the primary ball handler. Um, you know, then when Grace is out, she's the, uh, or when Grace is in there, you know, more of a secondary ball handler. Um, but I thought she, you know, really on several occasions um, was really committed to getting the ball into the lane and driving and not just settling for shots. And so, you know, outside shots. Um, so I was just, I was really impressed with her two-way effort um, all day long. And I'm sure, you know, she'd probably look at it and say, well, you know, Caitlin scored 30 points and we lost. And so how good was it? But I mean, she's just become such a 
huge, huge piece for this team on both ends of the court because she just does so many different things. You know, that when she's not out there, it's really noticeable because, you know, you don't have her just all over the court making plays. So I thought she played really, really hard on both ends tonight. Yeah, I, I thought Sydney was really, really good in the second half. I think well, she had 16 of her 18 in the second half. But I, I'm going to go Chloe as well. I, what really jumped out to me when I started looking at the stat sheets, I, I, it was kind of a quiet 18. I know she hit some shots. But I didn't think she had 18. I would have said she was in double figures, but she ended up with 18. She had three rebounds. She had three assists, and she didn't commit a turnover. Now, as you said, she got in a little bit of foul trouble. But like we've all said, she had the unenviable task of chasing Caitlin Clark around for the majority of the game. And I thought it did a decent job. I just thought that she got, again, got in a little foul trouble. And as you mentioned earlier, Jared, I think some of that also came when we got mis- miscommunication, some cross matches and transition and stuff but i thought chloe did a heck of a job as, as much as she could one-on-one with caitlin clark on defense so i'm gonna go with caitlin clark with the hustle she'll she'll get our hustle award for the iowa game yeah i mean I, you know like honestly i thought the defense on caitlin clark was pretty good i mean that's just how good caitlin clark is you know she can you know you can defend her relatively well and she scores you know 34 points gets nine assists you know to me the issue is you know that kate martin scored 19 points and you know marshall hit a couple of those threes in the second half where she was wide open those to me are more kind of the shots and the plays that you don't want to allow happen um you know but as far as clark goes i mean she was only four for 12 from three kind of forced her into you know kind of chucking up some shots you know that that weren't great shots but i you know i thought overall their game plan there and chloe's efforts there did a pretty good job. The defensive issues more to me were just some of the, you know, some of the, you know, the, the issues on the back end and that led to some wide open threes that we've talked about. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with that as well. I just think that Clark was a little more efficient today than she was in Bloomington. Whereas in Bloomington, she had to get 28 shots, I think, to get her 35, 34 points. And today she got 34 points on 22 shots. So she was a little more efficient with the ball, excuse me, a little more efficient shooting. And she should be in her gym, you know, and also that's the advantage of playing at home. So, all right. So let's move on. Uh, Any lingering questions that we have about, and again, this is when you're 26 and two, I think is going to be, you know, a little bit of like, really, we're we're talking about lingering questions, but Jared, um, anything coming out of the game today that gives you pause, maybe not concern, but pause. No, because we are not going to have to play any more games in a top 10 team's home gym, which, you know, was a big part of this. Um, I don't have, you know, my only lingering question is, you know, when's this team playing again? Let's go. Let's get back out on the court and play. Um, You know, I think it, it would have been great to punctuate the outright Big Ten title with shoving it in ESPN's face and shoving it in Iowa's face, which we all wanted, which is why that last shot going in was so nauseating. That would have been great and satisfying, but would it really have meant anything in the grand scheme of things? Not really, because I don't think it's going to knock Indiana's seed down. I mean, you guys might know better than me. I mean, maybe does this make Indiana the third overall seed or fourth overall seed, but they're still going to be a number one seed. You know, they're the outright champions in one of the toughest Big Tens that we've ever seen in women's basketball. So I don't have any lingering questions because I really I just trust this team too much to think that anything from this game is going to linger. Um, as I saw a chronic Hoosier tweet, the only thing it may do is it may piss them off. 
<laughs> you know, and you know, I don't, I don't think anybody wants to see this team, uh, you know, pissed off and have even an extra level of edge. So no, I have no lingering questions in terms of concerns. You know, I just want to see, you know, who do we play, and then, you know, what are what are the matchups and what does the road end up looking like in the NCAA tournament? Because that's that's the most important lingering question right now. This team has done so much work throughout the season to put itself in a great position come tournament time. And, you know, the Big Ten tournament is great, and I hope we go win the Big Ten tournament. I think that would be a great punctuation on a great Big Ten season. But I think everybody is now looking. The NCAA tournament is the big prize, and this team has knocked on the door and knocked on the door, and can they actually bust it through? Um, I certainly believe in them. And so, you know, that the next big lingering question that's really meaningful to me, what's the NCAA tournament draw? Because that's ultimately what's going to really impact the biggest kind of remaining question for what this team can accomplish. Yeah, and and I would agree with you. I don't think – part of actually, I'll answer part of your question first. I don't think it affects our seeing. I think we would stay at the number two seed. You lost by one on the road at a top five, top six team. I don't think your seeing is going to get affected just because some of the other teams have been losing. Stanford lost yesterday. I don't think LSU's resume jumps them ahead at this point. So that would be my opinion about that. So, But, Zion, anything for you that's a pause or lingering question here? No, I'm the same way with Jared. I don't think anything concerns me all that much about this team. As long as they can, as long as they can just move on from it, you know, I'm sure right now they're they're probably finished up the press conference, packing up, getting ready to come back to Bloomington. As long as they can just say, hey, we lost by one against the number six team in the country. That's not something to be ashamed about. As long as they don't let the emotional part of this game linger. I don't feel like this team is one that I come away with big glaring concerns about after this ball game I just don't see it that way like you said there's there's no way they shouldn't stay as a one seed I'm, I'm intrigued to see the AP poll tomorrow I think they should stay I think they should stay number two overall in the AP poll I'm not sure if they will or not but they'll, they'll stay as a one seed really as long as they can win one game in the Big Ten tournament as long as they don't get upset on Friday they'll be a one seed come NCAA tournament time and they have a, they have a chance you know they this team is probably rooting for Iowa this week I think they want to see Iowa again next Sunday if, if that draws out that way. If Indiana makes it, if Iowa makes it. I think these two teams want to play again. So, I like like you said, I think they'll be hungry. I think they will be ready to go. And as long as they don't let this linger, they should be fine. I'll bring us to what's next. Jared asked, and we're going to answer for you, Jared. The next game for IU will be on Friday. They will play uh, – they have the double bye. They will play at 1230 Eastern time, 1130 Central on Friday, March 3rd. Their opponent will be either Michigan State or Nebraska. Obviously, we won't know until Thursday uh, who they'll be playing on Friday, but that game will air on BTN. Uh, and IU's only other loss was to Michigan State in East Lansing, 83-78. We defeated Nebraska in Bloomington, 74-62. to And here's the rest of the schedule. So you all will be – I've seen some people in the workaholics chatting about this. Se- semifinal on Saturday would be 2.30 Eastern, 1.30 Central. That game would also be on BTN. And then, Jared, I know you'll enjoy this. The championship game mm. on Sunday would be 5 Eastern, 4 Central on ESPN. And so can you imagine IU and Iowa on ESPN for the Big Ten championship game? I think you'll get a heavy dose of Caitlin Clark again, unfortunately. I just found myself all <laughs> second half being so thankful that this conference is not going to be broadcast by ESPN anymore. Seriously. <laughs> a once great network that just ruins everything now, the way they cover stuff. So we don't really have too much more preview for our next what's coming up next. But I will say this. We will have a live show. Well, I should say we will be live. Kathy and I will be live with doing the work 
on Friday at three at 4.30 Eastern, 3.30 Central. Work schedules are getting into us a little bit, so that'll be a little bit after the game's over. But 4.30 Eastern, 3.30 Central, Kathy and I will have a kind of abbreviated doing the work post-game show. Um, I may have a radio game here. As Boys sectional week is getting started here in Indiana, so I've, I may have some radio responsibilities on Friday night as well. Uh, you also can follow us on Twitter at uh, Doing the Work. Just search Doing the Work on Twitter, and you should find us. We've been keeping uh, our fans updated on our alumni playing overseas uh, on our Twitter page and in the Assembly Call page. You can follow us at or check out the Assembly Call uh, as well. You can join right now. for a, There's a free trial program going on with Assembly Call, so that's join.assemblycall.com, and you can get all that fine stuff there as well. Uh, be sure to catch or subscribe to the next episode of Crimson Cast, part of our Back Home Network family. And also, Assembly Call will be on Tuesday after the Iowa men's, the men play Iowa on Tuesday with their postgame show. That game tips, I believe, 9 Eastern, 8 Central. So it'll be a late Assembly Call show. Or no, no, the Assembly Call show will be 9 Eastern, 8 Central. I think I had that with, with, as yeah. well. I don't think I had the tip time right on that. So. But, Jared, what time – I'm messing up the time there. What time for the Assembly Call uh, post? Uh, the Iowa game is at 7 Eastern, I believe. So we'll okay. get right after so, that. So, so yeah. around, nine, yeah, around 9 Eastern. That's what I had. I had the show will, the show will be about 9 Eastern, 8 Central. That's what I had typed up here, and I, couldn't, uh, and I, was, I knew that wasn't right. I knew the game was a little earlier than that. Um, real quick, we'll throw it around here for last call. And, Zion, we'll let you go first on last call since you're, you've been our special guest today. Uh, I just want to stress and, and emphasize that I was a really good team offensively specifically and that their offense was incredible today. I, I know we spent a lot of time talking about, you know, Indiana has some struggles in transition and they let some other players besides Clark go off, which ended up being the issue. But there's a reason this Iowa team is number six in the country. And it's because their offense, for the most part, breaks down just about every team it plays. And that's what happened again tonight. They were able to dish out the shooters. They were able to, to get out in transition. And just in general, they had a, a tremendous game from multiple players. Of course, Kate Martin is the one that stands out. That finished with 19 and four assists for Kate Martin. She was all over the place. Sonano had 13, which is honestly, honestly less than, than she's had most games this year and last year. Mackenzie Holmes, after kind of getting beat by Sonano a couple of times last year, she's fully healthy now, and she's played her much better in the two matchups we've seen this year. But this Iowa offense is incredible, and Indiana should not be hanging their heads because they lost to this team or because they gave up 86 points to them. Jared, last call. Yeah, well said, Zion. Um, I love this IU basketball team. As I've said many times, it's one of my favorite Indiana basketball teams that I've ever been able to watch. Um, and I think in today's game, we saw a lot of the reasons why, you know, and so even though it ended in a loss, uh, I still walk away feeling just as confident, um, in this group, uh, and their ability to do big things in the tournament. Um, so just looking forward to, you know, seeing how they regroup and how they come out, uh, in the big 10 tournament. And I expect to see a lot of great performances like we've seen. Uh, the last thing that I will say is I'm sick and tired of Iowa. <laughs> Sick and tired of Fran McCaffrey staring down officials and then getting rewarded by an epic comeback. I'm sick and tired of flopping, being rewarded, and then you know being able to make last-second shots. So let's go take care of Iowa on Tuesday uh, on the men's side because I'm just getting tired of them. Um, but you know, for for Terry Moran's team, you know, it's it, it just it feels like everything is possible for this group, um, and it's felt like that for a long time. 
And we all would have liked to, you know, again, you know, win this game. And I think, you know, maybe if Indiana hadn't clinched the Big Ten already and now you lose this game and maybe you're sharing it with Iowa, now there's more kind of lingering disappointment. But Indiana still walks out of there. Have your little celebration, Iowa. You know, we won the outright Big Ten championship. Um, and this team just has the confidence and the swagger, um, but also, you know, the humility and the togetherness, uh, you know, to go achieve a lot of things moving forward. So nothing I saw today uh, dissuades me from my belief in that. Um, and I think they'll be just fine and have a great performance in the Big Ten tournament. Yeah, I'll kind of echo that as well. I think from a coaching perspective, they probably have a checklist somewhere that they've, they've kept in the locker room, coaches' office. I'm sure the players have talked to them. They've talked to the players about it. checklist. Checklist number one: win the Big Ten title. Check did that. Their goal. The rest of their goals are still in front of them. And I think Jared made a great point. Zion's made great points today that this is a veteran team, a mature team. They realize that their next check mark is coming up this week: Big Ten tournament title. When, when, IU women have never won the Big Ten tournament title. Of course, neither the men. But that's just that's a whole other story. But the IU women never won. Oh, I take it back. I take it back. My pen, my fault. We did win a Big Ten tournament title back in like two thousand and two. So I do have to. I have to. I believe. Really I believe it's 01. Yeah. 01. 01. So we. But it's been over twenty years since we won a Big Ten title. Thank you, Zion. Big Ten tournament title. Thank you, Zion. So check that off, and then go into the NCAA tournament. I think that's also kind of where the we are as fan bases. We're kind of ready for. Let's go see. Uh, you know, we we know where we are in the Big Ten. We're one of the best teams, if not the best team in the Big Ten. And and let's go find out where we are nationally. Let's go play and let's you know let's let let's put the shoes on and and, and get the get ready to go play some of these better teams that we keep hearing about South Carolina, LSU, and, and so on, and so on. So, but yeah, I, I don't think there's any negatives coming out of this. I think this team is mature enough and better enough. They're gonna they're gonna get locked in this week, and I think we're gonna see a really good IU basketball team at, at the Big Ten tournament in Minneapolis this week. So. You guys got anything else you want to add real quick before we sign off out of here? Mm -mm. Just no, excited to see him play again. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was going to say. I'm, I'm just excited, both in the women's and men's game, get to this point of the year where everything is is so hostile and intense. I'm, I'm excited to, to see Katina unravel. Yeah. So if you want to see us do the show live and be part of the live chat, make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com. Uh, slash assembly call. You can be a part of our private community, as I mentioned earlier. Join for free. We have a, a trial period going on right now at assemblycall.com slash community. And special thanks to John Ringer of Rig Design for designing our new logos. And thanks also to Bob Thompson for our new music that you've heard throughout the broadcast. I want to thank Zion Brown for coming on, being a guest with us the first time. I want to thank Jared Morris for coming on and joining us. His first time, I think, this year that he's joined us on doing the work. Yeah, and glad it worked then, out. And thank all and thank all of you for listening. Those of you in the workaholics today again, those of you who listen on wherever you get your podcast. And we'll be back to talk IU hoops again with you on Friday afternoon. Until then, keep your elbow in, your eyes on the rim, and go Hoosiers. All right. Thanks, guys. Yeah, I forgot. Kathy Bennett's team won that Big Ten tournament title like in 02, I think it was. Now that I'm thinking about it, but it, 01 or 02. But yeah, that, that almost almost slipped up there. Yeah, so, that is so. OK. Hey, I'll let you All guys right. go and get out of here. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday. I'll get this uploaded to Ari and I want to thank you guys for helping me out today. Cool. Hey, thank you for having thanks, me. Coach. Thank you, guys. Good to have you on, thanks, Zion. Guys. Let's do it again, man. Zion. Yeah. Yep, Zion, great to have you. Now that we got that, I got your Twitter and stuff. I'll be able to get a hold of you. 
All right. Sounds good. Thanks, Zion. See you guys. Thanks. We'll see you.